Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of our industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. Also, you can take away advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner on your own terms. So let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Female Empowered. I'm your host, Krista Gurka, and today we're going to be chatting all about what you need to start a business. We actually did this masterclass about a month ago, and we're going to share some of that recording with you. Today, you'll hear from my chief operating officer, Steve Moore, who's been integral in helping us automate and streamline our processes for Pilates in the Grove, but also he's a really impactful part of our coaching and consulting business for other female healthcare and wellness entrepreneurs, business owners, or those thinking of going into business. So today we are going to share a few little pieces from that masterclass. If you're interested in checking out the entire masterclass, we have that up on our site and you can check it out by visiting www.kristagurka.com slash masterclass. So I hope you enjoy the presentation. I'll be back at the end to close it out. One of the things that you will hear about a lot in starting a business is doing a business plan. Um, a business plan typically is a very large document. It's a very large undertaking. It's dozens or hundreds of pages going through every aspect of running your business. Um, if you have the time and inclination to do it, it's certainly a good exercise. Um, I personally have moved away from this idea because it's a largely academic exercise once you get in business and you realize that a lot of your preconceived notions and ideas really don't meet um, reality where reality is. So um, I think this is, you know, there's a couple of good quotes by this. There's, uh, I think Colin Powell said, you know, no battle plan meets, survives contact with the enemy. Um, and Mike Tyson more eloquently said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Um, and so the idea here is that you can do all the planning in the world, but really you just need to get out there. You need to start doing business, start interacting with your customers. So um, that being said, you do need to do a certain amount of planning. So what I like to refer to this as a lean version of a business plan. So what I'm looking at here is just four pages, uh, one for each of these points. One is going to be a description of your products and services. Um, and this doesn't need to be to the level of like, we are going to do a 50 minute yoga class and a 50 minute advanced yoga class and 30 minute private session. Um, but generally you need to have the categories of things you're going to do and, and what you're going to sell. So are you going to do group classes? Are you going to do private sessions? Are you going to do um, retail? Are you going to sell your own branded products? Or are you also going to sell other retail? Um, we just wanna have a description of everything that we're going to sell products and services wise. 
Um, your next page will be your competitive summary. This will be essentially what's your niche. You'll hear this referred to as a unique selling proposition or USP. This is basically just what is going to be your competitive edge in the market. Um, so in some cases, this might be some kind of groundbreaking proprietary technology or method that you've developed, like you developed a new Pilates machine that nobody else has, um, or you have some way of combining classes and you know, you're doing like a HIIT thing that's different than anybody else is doing. Uh, but it doesn't have to be. So your competitive edge could just be um, your location. So maybe you're launching a yoga studio and there's already five in town, but there's not one in the popular neighborhood where you're planning on operating. Um, this could also be a price point um, niche that everybody in town is a luxury option and you're going to be an economy option or vice versa. So this doesn't have to be proprietary, um, but there has to be some reason to why you are going to have something unique that the com competition doesn't offer. Um, third is going to be your pricing plan. And this doesn't need to be granular to the extent that you have like the exact price of everything that you're going to want to sell, but we want to end up with kind of a ballpark. And the way that we do this is going to be in relation to the market you are entering. So this will require you to do some research. You want to find out what people are charging in the area, what they're charging for group classes, what they're charging for private sessions, packages, that type of thing. Um, some of that you'll be able to find online. Some you'll have to go into the studios or other businesses. Some you'll have to call to find out. Uh, as a general trick that I like to use, um, I found this out when I was a college student, uh, but uh, it works even long after is if you call just about any business and say that you're a college student working on a project, you would not believe the amount of information that they'll give you. Um, I've had hotels give me full months worth of occupancy rates and the rates that they're charging. I've had people go through their pricing strategies. Um, people will tell you just about anything. Uh, so even if you're not a college student, um, you're a lot more likely to get a response if you say you are than if you call and say, hey, I'm planning to open a competitive business. Will you talk to me about your prices? Um, so once we have an idea of the price um, marketplace um, in relation to pricing in your area, you just want to, in your pricing plan, decide where you want to sit in the market. So this could be, you know, the average rate for a group class is $20 and I want to be right around the average or I wanna be slightly above average, or you could say, here's the average, here's the min, and here's the max in the market, and I wanna be at the top of the market. So you wanna just have that relational pricing um, just on one sheet of paper where you want to sit in the market. Um, and keep in mind, you can have this different for different options. So maybe your actual uh, group classes and private sessions are gonna be average, but your retail is gonna be on the economy side. Um, so we just wanna have that laid out in one page. And then the last is gonna be your startup budget. And in line with the thinking on this entire lead business plan, we're not looking to have an a, you know, actual exact budget of here's going to be your total startup costs, here's going to be the security deposit for a space, et cetera. We just wanna have a ballpark idea. And this is really just kind of a, a gut check moment to see if you're in 
the realm of possibility for doing what you think you want to do. So the goal here is not to have an exact budget, but the goal here is just to say, okay, I have 20K saved up um, and average cost to start a yoga studio in my area is 150. So obviously you're way off. You need to reconsider what you're doing or seek a funding source. Um, but if we're kind of in the ballpark of, hey, I've got 30K saved up and it looks like usually people can get off the ground for 30K. Um, then you're in the ballpark. You can get, uh, you can do some research on this on the internet or just talking to other business owners in the area. Um, or if you don't want to talk to anybody in your specific area, talk to people in other areas and you can get a sense of what a general startup budget would be. Hey there. Are you a female healthcare, wellness, fitness professional thinking of starting your own business? Well, we have something exactly for you. I'd love to invite you to join our summer masterclass series. We're going to dive into everything from what it takes to actually open your first business to who to hire first, the difference between independent contractors, employees, how to not be overwhelmed with technology and how to create a content creation machine. Best part, the masterclass is completely free when you attend live, but don't worry, we'll have an option for you to watch the replays as well. Go ahead and visit www.kristagurka.com masterclass for all the information and to reserve your seat today. I hope to see you there. All right. Uh, one of my favorite topics, uh, financials, um, so I think there's three things that you really need to have in order ahead of time for financials. Um, and the first one is a plan to pay yourself. Um, so I generally encourage business owners to be employees of their own companies. Um, again, this is not financial advice. I'm not your financial planner. Um, I'm not your lawyer, but in general, I think it makes the most sense in a lot of scenarios for a business owner to be a W-2 employee of their own company. And what that means is that you're registered as an employee of the company and you have taxes withheld from your um, just like any other employee. There's a number of reasons why you might want to do this. Um, one, it makes it a lot easier in your personal life to get loans, mortgages, things like that, if you actually have pay stubs. Um, two, a lot of people found when um, the PPP loans, the Paycheck Protection Plans um, came out, those were government grants that provided um, money for small businesses and only for the most part covered actual W-2 employee wages. So even if you were a single employee company, and you were the owner, if you were an employee of your company, your wages could have been covered by a grant from the PPP program. Um, if you weren't, if you just used the bank account when you needed it, you wouldn't have qualified. So as I said, there's a number of situations, your personal tax situation, this may not make sense for you, um, but whatever it is, I think generally I try to encourage people to be employees of their own companies. But even if you aren't, you want to plan ahead of time how are you going to pay yourself? Um, and this means, are you going to 
um, pay yourself a session rate? Are you going to have a, just a weekly or monthly stipend that you pay yourself or a salary? Um, are you just going to take distributions? Meaning, are you not going to take a salary or anything, but then at the end of every month, you look at how much money is in the bank account and you withdraw a certain amount over. Um, whatever it is, you want to plan that out ahead of time. And certainly if you're working with a partner or more than one partner, you'll want to have that uh, in your operating agreement. Um, so my general advice here, most people in this industry, um, in most cases, I think it makes sense for business owners who are operating essentially in three different functions to be paid in those three different ways. So one, most people uh, in our programs are providing services or classes or sessions directly to clients, and you should be paid as a session or hourly rate specifically for that. So you're paying yourself as an instructor or therapist. Two, you're providing management. Um, so you should be paying yourself a management salary or stipend uh, for those services. And then three, you're the owner of the business and you should be paid in terms of distributions from the net profit. Um, the reason we wanna set things up like this is that over time as you grow, eventually you'll be replacing yourself. Uh, you'll hire somebody else to teach your classes and do your sessions. Um, you're going to hire somebody else to be your manager. Um, so you wanna have those costs already baked into your model. You want your P&L to accurately reflect the cost of running the business. Um, so if this is getting a little too good, um, just keep this section very, um, very basic and just say, I'm going to take a monthly salary of whatever amount of, of money. Um, next thing you wanna do is a 12 month, 36 month financial projection. Um, this doesn't need to be in any way the most top high level um, projection. I like to usually think about this in terms of um, sessions or, or uh, visits. So let's say you're doing just one-on-one -on -one private yoga. Say I, you know, I'm projecting I'm going to be doing 10 sessions a week at a hundred bucks a pop. So multiply that out, figure out what your monthly revenue is going to be, and then an estimate of your monthly expenses and that out for the next 12 months and the next and you can figure in, I'm going to grow, let's say I'm going to grow, you know, 5% every couple months, you can bake that in your projections. You don't have to get very complicated here. We just want to have a general idea of where you're going. Um, if this is something that is far beyond your capabilities, you know, some people just don't have um, experience with using spreadsheets or doing math or just hate doing this type of stuff. This is something you can hire somebody to do. Um, you can get somebody to just, you know, give you tell them, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's my, here's what I'm charging. Here's what I'm planning on doing. And they can help you come up with a financial projection. You don't really need something that complicated. You just want to have a generalized sense of, of what you should be expecting. Um, so like I said, this could be just to see, so you can do this on paper, just write out, I'm going to do 10 sessions a week. 100 bucks pop, I have to pay, you know, 30 bucks on my website and 50 bucks for this and a couple hundred for my insurance and um, here's what's going to be left over. And the third thing is to have a cash flow contingency plan. Um, so all I mean here is you need to have thought ahead of time, what are you going to do if you need money? Um, so you may have heard before people say, you know, it's not 
revenue or profits that sink businesses is cash flow. Um, and what this means is that most, most of the time people are making a, a gross profit on their products or services. And in most cases, they are covering their expenses. Um, but the timing of money coming in and out of your bank account can sink you if you have a plan for that. Um, so this is less of an issue in a lot of scenarios in health and wellness uh, and fitness because in, in a lot of cases, we're getting paid for our services on the day that they're provided. Um, but certainly if you are like a physical therapist who works with Medicare or insurance, um, you can be looking at like a 90 day minimum payment cycle. Um, or if you have people buy large packages and then they use them over time, the timing of your revenue coming into your bank account can be different than money coming out um, or coming in. So you just want to think ahead of like, hey, I have my projections. It looks like things are going to be good. What am I going to do if I find myself in a bind where I need, you know, money to float me just until the next round of payments comes in? Um, this is not, I'm not saying, what do you do if you're in a situation where you're just not covering your expenses and how do you stop the bleeding so you can grow out of this? I'm strictly talking about like, if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, hey, payroll, I have a couple instructors and payroll's every other Friday and it's starting to get tough because payroll's time to write um, before a bunch of people buy new monthly memberships or something like that. What are you going to do if you need to put some more money in your bank account temporarily? Um, so in a lot of cases, this can just be, you know, I'm going to um, have my business bank account at the same place as my personal bank account and I have enough sitting in my personal savings that if I need to like loan the company money for a week or two, I can just immediately transfer it. Um, so something like that, you just need to have some idea of what you're going to do if you need um, cash flow. Um, I will touch really briefly here on the idea of factoring, um, which is something that you'll you'll see these things. There's a lot of companies that do. Um, there's a number of ways that they talk about this to talk about like short term business funding. Um, they're like, hey, do you need cash flow for your business? They'll talk about this exact type of thing. And they'll say, hey, do you just need some money to, to float you till the next pay period? Um, this is called factoring. This is called like short term business loans. It's cash flow uh, factoring. Essentially, these are payday loans for businesses. Um, what they do is they actually it's not technically a loan. They're purchasing a of your future revenues and so what they'll do is that they it's it sounds too good to be true because they'll come and they'll say hey we approved you what's your you know you usually do you know ten thousand dollars in business a month okay we'll put five thousand dollars in your bank account we can have it there on friday and then you just pay us back a portion of your credit card receipts so what they do is they instead of being a loan they actually purchase a future share of your credit card receipts which means that they are not technically giving you a loan, so they're able to charge high, like absurdly high interest rates um, that are beyond interest rates caps and usury laws. Um, so essentially, just if you hear anything like this, this is just a, a red flag that like this doesn't tend to go well. If you find your, this is just exactly like if you're in a situation in personal life where you need payday loans, you're starting to swirl the toilet bowl. Um, 
Now, that being said, there certainly are legitimate purposes for this. There are times when people just need a little bit of float and then they can get out. Um, but just red flag, I've seen this go wrong far more times than I've seen it go right um, because you're essentially borrowing against the future. And if you're having a problem trying to change, you're just going to find yourself in a downward spiral. So just a large caveat, stick this in the back of your head. Um, these companies market a lot and their pitch sounds too good to be true. And without being too cliched, it usually is. Well, thanks for sticking around for this episode. We hope you took away some nuggets from that pre-recorded masterclass that Steve did for us. I believe it was back in June. Um, it's probably just over an hour long, so we cut it into little snippets here. But if you're interested in checking out the full replay, you can find it at kristagurka.com slash masterclass. You can also see the following ones that we have coming up, which is how to... <clears throat> create content like a machine and what you need to do to hire your first employee. So check all those out at www.kristagurka.com masterclass. And until then, bye for now, my friends. Hey there, before you go, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Female Empowered. If you like what we covered today, I'd love to ask you for a small favor and take two minutes to subscribe download, and even leave an honest review of the show. This helps other female fitness and wellness professionals find the podcast and really lets me know I'm sharing helpful information with all of you. If you want to get even more insights and find resources to help you market, streamline, and grow your service-based business, visit my website at kristagurka.com or even better, shoot me a DM over on Instagram at kristagurka. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-A-G-U-R-K-A. Until next time, ladies, be brave, think big, and take action. Bye for now.